Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Once you get pretty good at riding a skateboard, hitting a tennis ball, or playing with a nice juicy vibrato, it can be easy to forget what it was like when you were struggling to do these things as a beginner, and be surprisingly difficult to remember just how unsteady, awkward, uncoordinated, or ineffective everything felt in the early stages of learning that new skill. Because sure, everyone goes through periods where they struggle with vibrato, playing with a straight bow, or executing clean attacks and articulation at some point, but As your skills develop and you start playing at increasingly higher levels, you begin to forget many of the little details that become increasingly automatic and no longer require as much conscious thought. And in much the same way that you don't remember how hard it was for you to learn how to walk and would probably be hard-pressed to teach a class on Walking 101 to toddlers, this curse of expertise can not only lead to advice that isn't particularly helpful, like just put one foot in front of the other, but also comes across as being less empathetic and less encouraging or supportive. So how can we overcome this curse of expertise and give better advice to our students when they're struggling with something that's no longer difficult for us? Harvard Business School professor Ting Zhang conducted a study with guitarists to see if there might be a way to help experienced players give more helpful and encouraging advice to beginners. 74 expert guitarists with an average of almost nine years of experience were asked to make a one-minute recording of themselves playing any piece of their choice. Half were asked to play as they would on a normal day, which was the control group, which led to some pretty cool recordings like this one. The other half were instructed to play the instrument flip-flopped, as in flip your guitar around, play on the fingerboard with your right hand, and strum with your left hand. This was the rediscovery group, 
which led to recordings that sound pretty much like you'd expect, like this one. Then the experts watched a video of a beginner guitarist struggling to play some chords and were asked to give three to five sentences of advice to that person. They were also asked to answer some questions in response to the video, like how much potential they thought the beginner had, or the quality of the beginner's playing. Then, 75 novice guitarists, all with less than a year of experience, were then presented with the advice given by several randomly selected experts and asked to rate this advice on the following criteria. One, how encouraging the advice was. Two, how motivating it was. Three, the level of detail in their advice. Four, to what degree their suggestions would fix the player's technique. And five, to what degree their input would help the player produce a better sound. So did playing the guitar reverse-handed and reliving the experience of being a beginner help the expert guitarists provide more useful advice? Well, before we look at their advice, let's take a look at a couple of the differences that rediscovering the feeling of being a beginner seemed to contribute to. For one, the guitarists in the rediscovery group thought more highly of the beginners playing than the guitarists in the control group. I mean, it wasn't a dramatic difference, to be honest. The playing was still pretty subpar, but the guitarists who experienced beginnerhood were slightly more generous in their evaluation than those that played the guitar as they normally would. Another interesting difference was that the rediscovery guitarists also rated the beginner as having more potential than those in the control group did. In terms of the advice given, guitarists in the rediscovery group were significantly more likely to use words involving specific body parts in their suggestions to the beginning guitarist, like recommendations on what to do with the fingers or hands. For instance, one guitarist in the control group said, quote, this player needs more confidence, this player's hand placement is wrong, and I would say practice that every day, practice until you can't get it wrong whereas one of the guitarists in the rediscovery group said, quote, have that right hand flowing on the strings and suspend the hand using your pinky finger as a swivel on the body of the guitar. Play slower and work your way up to full speed. Kirk Hammett didn't learn it overnight. Needless to say, the novice guitarists rated the rediscovery group's advice as being not only more helpful, but more encouraging as well. I don't know if playing an instrument ever feels easy, but the main takeaway for me is that being reminded of just how difficult it really is to play one's instrument might be a pretty great empathy hack, and perhaps make it easier to feel more compassion and less frustration when working with a student who is struggling with something that you've been doing pretty effortlessly for years. It also seems that this may be an effective way for you to get into problem-solving mode and make it easier to rediscover some of the important technical or mechanical details that are so habitual and well ingrained in your technique that you've forgotten what it was like when these key elements weren't so automatic. <laughs>
You can find links to this week's study and other resources like practice hacks and the audition cheat sheet at bulletproofmusician.com slash blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week. <laughs>